This afternoon I preach to you the word of God as the church summarizes and confesses it in Lord's Day 13 of the Heidelberg Catechism. If you'd like to read along, you can find that on page 528 in the Book of Praise. The church confesses what they mean, what we believe when we say that the Son of God is His only begotten Son, our Lord. Here we confess, why is He called God's only begotten Son since we also are children of God? Because Christ alone is the eternal, natural Son of God. We, however, are children of God by adoption through grace for Christ's sake. Why do you call him our Lord? Because he has ransomed us, body and soul, from all our sins, not with silver or gold, but with his precious blood, and has freed us from all the power of the devil to make us his own possession. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and no, no parent who has adopted a child will look at him later and say, hey, hey, what are you doing here? You parents who have adopted a child, you know, right? You remember the decision you made to have a child. The sacrifices were made. The process you went through as you received the one or the ones that God has chosen for you, the excitement of seeing your child or your children for the first time, and the amount, that you, of, the amount uh, you were called to, to give of yourselves for these children or for this child. And if you have been adopted, you can know that even in the more difficult times, that adoption stands for a deliberate desire to love. Your adoption was not unintentional. And you can see that it brought you many blessings. And whether you remember it or not, at one point in your life you were in great need of care and attention so that in human terms it was hopeless or at least dangerous for you. And then God placed your parents or your guardians in your life and by his grace you were set on a path where there is some more hope for you for your future generations. And although at times you may be uncomfortable or you may be uncertain about many things, the, the very fact that you were chosen to be adopted it stands as a banner. It stands as a symbol, a constant reminder of love. Adoption stands as a, a sign and a banner of, of love and blessings that you receive in this life. It's significant then that in Ephesians chapter 1, the Holy Spirit compares the incorporation or the bringing into the body of Christ, of people into the body of Christ, he compares that to an adoption. He calls it an adoption. This tells us that at one point, all of humanity was in a, a dangerous place, a, a place where there was 
not a lot of hope. In the case of the spiritual life, we would say no hope. And that God rescued us from that to, to become a part of his household, his, his family. And when we read Ephesians 1, we, we see it, how adoption is a fundamental part of the plan of God. And we stand amazed that God decided from eternity to use adoption as a way to become part of his church. He predestined us, his church in Jesus Christ, to be adopted. That's what we, we read. He wants us to live our lives knowing that we were adopted as his children, to, to hold that up as something that we're very happy about. There's a message in the fact that we were adopted. The adoption is a sign of God's grace and his blessing to us when we were needy. A deliberate choice, the part of God. And since we are all adopted by grace in Christ, we can comfort ourselves by this fact. And we can say, see, see, I'm here, and it's no accident. God really chose me to be his own, to be a part of this family. God really wants me to be here. I preach you the gospel of Jesus Christ under this theme. Our adoption as God's children is a banner, a sign, a symbol of his love. We'll see that we're taken from a life of comfortable misery. We're placed on a path of hopeful, joyful suffering. Those two points were taken from uh, an article was written by someone who was adopted and who was involved in a lot of adoptions, still is involved in the whole adoption process, Project Lydia it's called, is describing the, the situation and, and part of the description is that one of the hardest challenges of being adopted is the change from one home to another. And it's explained that even if your former home was dangerous or, or unhealthy, to leave it and to go somewhere else means that you have to grieve the loss of people that you won't, probably won't see again. You have to change your daily habits. You change your expectations of others. And perhaps you even need to change the food you eat, the climate that you're living in. And maybe you developed some skills that made it easier to deal with those challenges in your life. And when you move, you, you feel sad that you don't need those skills anymore. Friendships, kind gestures from, from visitors, a daily dish that you were used to eating. Maybe it wasn't even a special dish, but something that you were accustomed to, to eating, they they, they become highlights in your life that you, you don't want to let go of. And as it, it happens, that as you look at your, your new surroundings, you, you may regret some of the things you are missing. You may think, think to yourself, it, it may not have been a great life, but at least I was used to it. I was comfortable. The sinner, 
the sinner who begins to, to fight the sins of his former life, who, who makes this change from one culture to another, who is making that change as, as all of us are, as we fight away the former life and we take hold of our new life in Christ, we know what that is like. We understand the idea of being taken from a life of comfortable misery. Maybe you're struggling with an addiction. Maybe it's idolatry. Maybe it's a love of money, for example. And, and it, you know it, it causes a lot of misery. But it's tough because, well, you were used to it. You were comfortable in that. Even if you were always adopted Christians, never had a change, the, the moment of, of conversion, that change. Still, our sinful nature as it encounters the temptations, we find that actually that sinful nature often feels more comfortable in, in, in the life of misery and under the power of the devil than it does in the new life. If we go back to Adoption, we know that whether adoption is domestic or international, the move from a situation of need or danger to being a part of a stable family, it's always a cross-cultural shift. Although babies will notice the difference less than older children, the difference between the two worlds can actually cause frustration. We encounter different coping methods we have difficulties in understanding emotions and feelings. Sometimes there is even resentment against those who are responsible for the change because change can bring fear and uncertainty and even resistance to the upheaval that is involved. A similar grieving process and resistance can be experienced when we leave sinful habits and worldviews and we embrace being adopted as children in the household of God. When Paul talks about our adoption into the household of God, the Holy Spirit works with the contrast between a former life and a new life. The Holy Spirit says in Ephesians 2, a little bit further along, that we were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. It's talking about the former life. Lord's Day 13, and the church confesses that by saying that at one time we were enslaved by the power of the devil. It's question and answer 34. And we confess this, and, and the Holy Spirit reveals it to us so that we can see why we confess that God is gracious for adopting us and setting us in the city, situation where we are. Why we confess that we are children of God by adoption through grace for Christ's sake. We often forget what the option is like. And so Paul makes that very clear when he shows the blessing of adoption. And when you are in a bad situation, you, you can't always see it. Just like it is in many situations of adoption, Somewhere, someone, somewhere needs to, to come to see that a child needs to be adopted. 
They need to come to the decision that a cross-cultural shift or a cross-cultural move would have more positive benefits than negative benefits. Well, we believe that in his grace, God saw us in our need and Christ Jesus then took on the role of being our sponsor. He was eternally responsible to carry out the, the adoption that God the Father predestined. He is the one through whom all are adopted. Outside of Jesus Christ, there, there is no adoption into the family of God. Well, that's good for us because of what we confess about who Jesus Christ is. We confess that he is the one who is the only begotten son in the family. The eternal, natural son of God. Whereas we were created, the son of God is eternal. He is of the same essence as the father. He is the one who is bringing us into the household of God and he knows very well where he is bringing us. He came from the glory of the one and only. He also knows very well what it means to be tempted by the evil one. He has seen, he has wept over the effects of the fall into sin. He understands the misery where many people have made themselves comfortable. He understands the misery much better than, than we might understand the misery because he felt the consequences of that fall into sin when the wrath of God against the sin of the whole human race was on his shoulders. He knows what he is saving us from. And so, brothers and sisters, when we, when we are taken out of the, the misery, even though it may be a, a comfortable misery, we know, we need to know, and we confess that we will be comforted again. A sponsor will make this pledge. And the family will truly desire to make their adopted child or adopted children feel at home, feel safe and secure. Also, spiritually, we can count on the promise of new comfort in Jesus Christ. When God graciously adopts all who believe in Jesus Christ and receives and, and, and they all who receive Christ as their brother, like we saw in John 1, verse 12, he is showing to his church how much he loves us. You can be sure that he will sustain you as you pass through the transition, that process of sanctification, the process of the dying of the old nature and the coming to life of the new, which so often hurts. But you can be sure it's eternal, natural Son of God who's bringing you in to his household. Adoption is a sign of the deliberate love of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. As he has called you through Jesus Christ, he will also support you on your new path. It's only in Jesus Christ that we can find hope, comfort in our journey. 
He gives us a new purpose that goes beyond ourselves, a purpose that is focused on God. We see that in our second point, that we're placed on a path of hopeful, joyful suffering. Any parent or child will tell you that although it is a rich blessing in our lives, the adoption process can be quite difficult. The magazines are very full of the explanations, some of these things to make us think about that. And as you deal with the consequences of the situation that brought you to the need for adoption, you will run across different assumptions, you will run across unexpected behaviors, strong emotions, Sometimes different disorders, stress is involved and it can ex expose vulnerability, guilt, shame, can complicate communication. It's hard to, to keep going, stick with the arrangement. And you learn very quickly that the path of adopting and being adopted can be a difficult one, not all the time. Sometimes. It often happens when we have a vision with cross-cultural aspirations. It's often a lot different than we thought it would be. And often we begin to allow a few good memories to define what the picture of, of what we're missing out is, is really like. And so adopted in, in the situations of adoption, there's often a longing to go back. And in our spiritual lives, we often find the same thing. When God adopts us, when he makes us his own children, we quickly see that it is not always easier. Like the Israelites in the desert who wanted to go back into the slavery of Egypt for the vegetables and other food we often lose our appreciation for the new life that God has given to us in Jesus Christ. We have a tendency to want to drift back to the slavery of Egypt, to the former life. It becomes difficult to understand and, and see why is freedom better than slavery? What makes one place better than another? Was once, was once on a on a beach in a, in a warm country. It was Brazil, and I was there, and I had uh, taken a bit of time off, and we were sitting there, and I was walking along, and I saw little huts, hardly a home at all, and warm water and, and, and beach and sand and very poor people sitting there. They were relaxed. They had enough to eat, just enough. And I thought, why would someone want to take a person out of that situation to bring them to the rush of North America? What makes one place better than another place? And then we see, brothers and sisters, that the transition to a new life doesn't mean that the journey will always be 
easier. We have to know very certainly, we have to be very certain that it is better. If it was just about our short-term satisfaction in life, it's hard to justify adopting a child because it can be hard for a child to be grateful for it. If life was just about selfish pleasures, if it was just about laughter, if it was just about money and personal satisfaction, you know what? It could be hard to be thankful that God has adopted us. It could be hard to be thankful for the fact that God has, has placed us in his church, in the, in the new life in Jesus Christ, it does not always seem easier. It's not like the life gets easier and happier when you become a Christian. And if you think so, talk to one person who's suffered for their faith physically. And God never promises that being part of his family will be easier. But the gospel that we confess that I preach to you this afternoon is that although in our adoption as children of God, we are removed from the comfortable misery to be placed on a path of suffering, the suffering is still always better than the misery. The new life is always better than the former life. The difference is a difference between eternal life and eternal death. between being slaves under the oppression of the devil who hates you and your soul and from being free to serve your creator in the new life in Jesus Christ, to fulfill the mandate that we were made to keep. And then we see, brothers and sisters, that the change that conversion brings, and there is a change Well, the difference is not always in our immediate experience, but the difference is in who is our Lord, who is overseeing us, who is taking care of us, and how our Lord sees us, and how our Lord looks at us, and what our Lord wants to do for us. In Christ Jesus, we are truly removed from slavery that leads to eternal death, that our sinful nature may even prefer to a new life that is free from the dominion, the slavery of the devil. As we walk as adopted children of our Lord, our Master, Jesus Christ, who gave himself to, to, to pay for us, gave himself up to purchase us. And we believe that the eternal, natural Son of God frees us from all the power of the devil. When we are adopted into the family of God, we are given a Lord who is powerful to destroy the evil one, and yet who knows us very personally even though it meant that he had to take on the human flesh to to die on a cross to purchase us with his precious blood, 
God ransoms us body and soul. To say that we are adopted is to say that the Son of God himself gave himself up for us so that we could be part of his family. And then he washes away the sins of all those whom he adopts so that the word adoption not only reminds us that we have new life, but it also points to our cleansing in Jesus Christ where we've been made pure. All the shame has been taken away. Adoption for those in Christ means pure. Purity. Adoption also means that we have been placed on a path of of suffering for his glory, with a goal, with a purpose. When we see that, then we see, brothers and sisters, how our spiritual adoption and the adoption of vulnerable children, they come together. For they both have been done and are being done for the glory of God. Those of us who have had positive experiences, we we like to share it with others so they can enjoy it as well. Our own experiences allow us to know the reality of the experience, the the positives and, and the negatives. And so with experience, we can serve others. Like parents might speak to their children about marriage. We'll talk about the challenges and the blessings so also every one of us as adopted children will seriously want to support and encourage the fostering and adopting of vulnerable children. We get it. We all have been adopted. And so whether we do it by contributing to to funds that help parents adopt or if we go through the process ourselves, Christians certainly have a unique knowledge, a unique skill set to be involved in adopting and fostering children. We know it's not done for selfish reasons. We know it is a a self-giving love like, like the love that God showed to us. We know that it is a love that is based on grace, like the grace that we experienced. We know that it is a love that has as its goal, not my personal fulfillment, but the glory of God. What a blessing it is, brothers and sisters, when we can reach further depths of understanding concerning our relationship to God through those who foster children, through adoption, those who have adopted children in our midst, those who are adopted Finally, brothers and sisters, as, as parents, as a family, may, may open their home to receive their adopted children in a deliberate decision to manifest Christ's love to them for the glory of God, let us also as a congregation understand that we are that family that is receiving adopted children. As we have been adopted, so we see others coming into the fellowship, into the family of God. For God continues to place people in our lives. He continues to work out his election through the adoption. 
And so Paul says in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many as, as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female for you are all one in Christ. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs, according to the promise. He continues to add to the number of our family. And he calls us to be the arms and the hands of our Lord and our Master, Jesus Christ. Let us not forget that we too were adopted when we turn to one another and we receive one another in our homes For as you have been shown grace, so now show grace to others. As your Lord Jesus Christ selflessly gave himself to ransom you, body and soul, with his precious blood, so now you too can give selflessly of your love and your time to benefit your adopted brothers, your adopted sisters in your home. In your lives. Brothers and sisters, our adoption as God's children is a banner of his love. And he calls us to to reflect that same adopting love to those around us. Makes us want to love as we have been loved. What a blessing to be taken from a life of comfortable misery and placed on a path of Hopeful, joyful suffering. Amen.